Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am joined by producer Corey. And this episode is once again brought to you by our good friends at Props.Cash. You can get that for 25% off your first month with code Delera25. That's D-E-L-L-E-R-A 25. Props.Cash is an absolutely instrumental tool to your prop betting arsenal. Uh, Look, it's NBA season right now. We're out of the all-star break. We are heading into the home stretch of the NBA season and the playoffs. We have a whole season's worth of data that you can have at your fingertips with props.cash. They got a website. They have an app. uh, They have projections on both of those. You can see their pass lines. You can see their performance. You can see how they stack up in this particular matchup against their opponents. It's an absolute tool that you have to have. I use it every single day when I'm betting you can get that for 25% off your first month with code Delara25. Uh, so producer Corey, how are we doing today? I know that you braved the the severe outdoor weather uh, to go to the NHL Classic, the Winter Classic. How do you? Well, technically, you it's the Stadium that? Series, but yes. Oh, uh, whatever. Um, you know, it was awesome. I am still tired. It's been three days. I can't seem to shake it, uh, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. Some people would say that I was a bit of a naysayer, saying this is probably going to be stupid. I've never been more wrong. Could actually see the ice clearly from where I was sitting. I thought visibility was going to be a real problem. Um, the Jonas Brothers were awesome. The Gaslight Anthem was awesome. I have no notes. Great That's job. Awesome. Do it again. That's, That's my great. Note. Do it again. Maybe we'll, we'll have to record a podcast, I think, outdoors one day just for the culture. Uh, oh, get yeah, a little tailgate? Bit of, Hell yeah. Get a little tailgate pod. Maybe get some people to come over. That'd be sick. Uh, no promises on releasing that on time. Just saying. No, that, that one that one might come out late. You get the, <laughs> you get the props early on the live show. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> with that kind of in mind, though, uh, we did, you know, before we kind of got into it, uh, obviously, we have some time before these games. This episode's going to be dropping like late Tuesday night into Wednesday. Our game starts on thursday we were looking me and producer Corey. we were looking at uh some of our metrics for the podcast and you can see some of the countries like where people are listening from so we did want to give a shout out to obviously all of our all of our listeners um you know like we do obviously get the bulk of our listeners from north america being you know the united states canada and even uh even mexico to a degree but we did want to shout out, we have a bunch of Aussie listeners, so appreciate you guys. But there were a couple countries where we just have like one dedicated dude or or chick or woman or however you identify. Like, let's just not get into this debate or this early in the podcast. Uh, Producer Corey, do you want to highlight any of our favorites here or any of our solo dolos based on your analytics? And this is your department here. This yeah. is some actual information you can't get on props.cash. Um, yeah, assuming that these people aren't using just a VPN from North America. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out Besides to the, the one single Nigerian, <laughs> one single Moroccan, a single person in Turkey, and Finland. Got- these are the Finland. ones. Yeah. These are the ones. Yeah. One download per, per episode yeah. in these countries. So there's a you couple of friends couple- there. Yeah, so you know, try to try to tell some other people. We got one person in Ghana, so uh, you know, and one person in Ecuador. So it, we just figured we were like, with this, we we suddenly realized we're like Corey's Mister Worldwide over here uh, as a producer, and just we okay, are. Ass, Joe. 
Yeah, and we are reaching, we are reaching the uh, the corners of the world. We have not cracked in North Korea. Um, that is our not. next goal. Yeah, that is our next goal. So if anybody has, a, if anybody wants to just give us that little spark of joy and put their VPN in North Korea, like please go for it. That would be cool. Um, it would it at will least definitely be really funny to tweet out. Yeah, it would definitely be cool. <laughs> Cause absolute chaos over there uh, with the with the Un family. Um, so. Are we still calling I, them tweets? I'm sorry. That just popped into my head. I don't know. Like, I always I say tweets, like, I think just by uh, measure, like, you know, like, just by what habit. What an idiot. But he ruined the branding that was already part of the whole package. It was package. all in there. Yeah, like, I, I've I'm very been confused saying, by that now. I know. I've been saying X now, like, when I talk about the platform, but I do still say tweets uh, as opposed to posts, I guess. Is what, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? You're not going to call it a post. It's stupid. No. That's what Reddit's no. for. No, it's 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 ridiculous. Like posts are for your mom on Facebook. Call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, like, we may as well get into the regular season here. I'm gonna hit you guys with one of my favorite bets. Now we'll talk a little bit about some futures, and then we will get into the slate as well. Um, but my favorite bet on this Thursday slate is Kristaps Porzingis over 18 and a half points. Uh, I love this matchup against the Chicago Bulls and Nikola Vucevic. So. Part of why I like this spot is when we look at what Chicago does, uh, Chicago gives up a lot of threes. Um, it's partially, I guess, by scheme, partially because they kind of suck. Um, and when you look at their three-point distribution, they're allowing the highest percentage or the highest frequency of three-pointers. Um, but they are also 17th in defensive shooting efficiency. So... That's actually not like the worst thing. Um, you know, if you're giving those shots up by design, it's fine uh, as long as you can kind of defend them well. What Chicago has actually done is because they do have pretty strong point of attack defenders in, you know, Alex Caruso, Io DeSumo, Kobe White, uh, even, even DeMar DeRozan is not like the worst defensive player like out there right now. Um, when you, what they, what they do though is they do a really good job of limiting, uh, like walk up threes, like off the dribble threes. So you're not getting as many threes from your guards uh, unless it's due to ball movement and the ball like getting, you know, rotated around uh, the perimeter. Uh, they're giving a lot, up a lot more in terms of catch and shoot. So that's like where a guy like Chris Stapps Porzingis, I think is super valuable here. Um, he can take threes from any part of the floor, whether it's the corner, whether it's above the, above the, uh, above the break, whether it's on the wing. Um, and he's not somebody that's exactly trying to make his own shot. He's not somebody that's bringing the ball up the court, but he's being found a lot of times due to gravity or due to uh you know just the way that the offense is kind of running um in this particular matchup against Vucevic I like it I think that they'll probably try to use Porzingis to draw him out of the paint to a degree uh help make soften that interior up a bit um and even though Chicago has been running that Drummond Vucevic uh lineup if anything, that only helps what we're doing here. So I like Porzingis to go over the 18 and a half points. You could dabble with his threes as well. It's set at one and a half. You can get three at about plus one plus two twenty on FanDuel at the time of this recording. So those that is my favorite bet on the board for Thursday. And I wanted to make sure that I got that out for you guys at this point in time. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit about the futures market, but a little bit about how I think you need to handle the rest of the NBA season. So when 
the all-star break people always are thinking about it and they're just like oh this is the you know it's the central point of the season and uh you know like we're we have so many more games left we're beyond that we're past the central point of the season the central part of the season was a couple weeks ago we are now in the home like basically the home stretch there are only a number of games left uh and when you look at the playoff scenarios right um there's not too many games left for a lot of these teams these teams they play 80 it's an 82 game season and they have some of them only like 27 games left uh some of them even fewer games remaining uh some teams like the bucks only have uh what do they have left they only have 26 games. So there's there's a couple of teams that really just do not have a lot of games left. And that's important for not only when you look at the standings, it's like, oh, like this team's only two games behind them or they're only uh, like they're only a game behind them or three games behind them. There's so many more factors that you need to consider in terms of not only tiebreakers, but you also need to consider the fact that there's not a lot of games left. Um, so catching up three games, Early in the season, not a big deal. Later in the season, obviously, is much more significant. Also, when you look at the standings, like right now, if you go on, just on like Google, right? For example, if you go on and you look up the NBA standings, if you look at the Eastern, or let's look at the West. The West is more interesting. If you look at the Western Conference, the Nuggets right now are in fourth. They are one game back of the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the Clippers are 36 and 17. The Nuggets are 36 and 19. So they're only one game back, but they're two games back in the loss column. Those are games that are much harder to make up, especially at the top of the bracket. Um, these teams aren't losing at the same rate, uh, and you you can't get those losses back. You have to have the other team lose, um, which when you have teams that are winning like 67, 68% of their games, it's much more difficult to then make up ground. And then even towards the bottom of the standings, you know, like if you have, uh, like the Lakers are two, one and a half games ahead of the Golden State Warriors. They're both tied in the loss column, and the Warriors have three more games than the Lakers have to play. So the like the Warriors, in theory, could win all three of those, and then they're in a much, you know, they're, they would be tied with the Lakers in the win column, uh, so they still have a little bit of ground to make up there, um, just based on the fact that they're tied in the loss column. So those are just a couple things to kind of keep in mind when you're thinking about like, oh, like, well, this team, uh, they're, they're sitting in this position, they could move up. Um, it, it isn't as easy as you would think. So even looking at the West, to me, I think the West is pretty secure in their top four seeds with the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. Uh, and then, you know, even the difference in the loss column between the Timberwolves and the Nuggets is three losses. Uh, and that's the same difference between the Nuggets and the Suns and the Pelicans who sit in tied for fifth. Um, and then if you go all the way down to the Warriors, uh, the difference between the Timberwolves and the Warriors is 10 losses. So those are those are just ranges like you're just not going to obviously you're obviously not going to make up. Um, so a lot of the things it, it gets a little bit stickier at this point in the season. Um, with that in mind, one of the teams that I am 
high on I'm pretty high on the Warriors. I like what they've been able to do. Uh, Pajemski looks excellent in the starting rotation. Uh, he's looked excellent before, uh, but he looks a little bit better now. And I like what Clay Thompson has kind of been able to do now, saying like I'm willing to come off the bench. We'll see if Steve Kerr sticks with that. But I do think that that's a very notable point for this Golden State Warriors team. If Kerr has the flexibility. Do and like if if Clay is somebody that's saying gonna say like all right like I'll play off the bench contract year gonna be a Hall of Famer um, and he's willing to say like I'll play off the bench you put a lot of those egos aside and that is really going to help the Warriors moving forward I think um, looking at some of the awards markets I think it's important that you don't have to rush into anything. I've talked in a couple different podcasts uh, this week about awards. I talked on Buckets. I talked on the early read with Reed Wallach, friend of the show. We've had him on before. Um, I talked about some of my awards thoughts. To just put it out plainly, I think that Rookie of the Year is done. It's Victor. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year is done. It's Rudy Gobert. Um, I think most improved player is likely done. Uh, I think it's Tyrese Maxey's ward to lose. Um, I think that a lot of the push right now in the market is based on a little bit of struggling without Joel Embiid, but at the same time, the numbers are still tremendous. He still can take over games. He's an all-star. Tyrese Maxey should win this award. He's somebody that people have wanted to vote for. Um, he's been the favorite all season long. I haven't seen anything where I'm like, all right, uh, we need to seriously consider reevaluating this vote in this position. Um, so obviously if you tell me the action app, you should feel pretty comfortable based on the fact that we have the top two players. We have Tyrese Maxey at 14 to one preseason, and we have a Kobe white ticket at 30 to one. Um, so he is the second favorite. We are sitting in a pretty good position right now. Uh, I do not think that you need to add to that. Um, in regards to coach of the year, I haven't bet it. Uh, I don't really think I intend to. I think if I did have to place a bet, uh, it might be it would be on Dagnalt, um, the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I think that Missoula maybe is worth something, but at the same time, I don't. He, there's no like real rush or real push to give him some like accreditation for really inheriting what has been an incredible team. Uh, in regards to clutch player, uh, a couple different people have been on this from action. Jim Turvey, NBA first three, um, Steph Curry seems like he should win the award. He's got a ton of clutch games. Clutch shooting percentages are great. Um, I think, I think he's the rightful favorite. I have, I don't really have another position in this market. Uh, I have like a little bit on Halliburton, a little bit on Brunson, but I don't think I would play anything else. I think the most compelling award right now is the MVP. And obviously Nikola Jokic uh, is the favorite right now with Joel Embiid having basically been eliminated due to the lack of games and the injuries. Uh, I think that there's probably a little bit of value on SGA. However, um, and this was a conversation that we had at greater length on buckets, but I think that the better bet instead, if you, if you think that SGA could win, or if you have like an SGA ticket, uh, or if you have a Jokic ticket and you're trying to figure out like if you want to hedge or something, I think that the better bet is to bet on the Oklahoma City Thunder to be the one seed in the West. You're getting a better number. It's at plus 340 instead of like plus 220 for SGA. Uh, you, I think, are getting the path to SGA winning MVP. 
I struggle to see a scenario where the Thunder are like a game, maybe two games better than Denver. If they're in like if they're not the one seed and Shea getting it. I think that when you watch Jokic play ball um, and you watch him on the court, there's like no real denying that he's the best player on the court in pretty much every game that he's playing in. Uh, and I, it's not that I don't feel that way about Shea, but I think that Jokic has like the pedigree. Uh, he has he's somebody that player that voters want to vote for, and I think all of that matters. That being said, I think that Bontemps obviously releases his straw poll, and his straw poll is like the Bible um, for this type of thing. Right now, you're I think the third iteration of the straw poll is the last one that has been extremely indicative of who will win the MVP. That straw poll comes out basically right towards the end of the season. When that and it's a comprised of about like a hundred voters or something like that. When you get that information to come out, that is the time to go and just absolutely hammer whatever the voting was. Um, I think that if you want to wait, you can wait. I, I don't think that you need to enter this market right now, but I think if, if you're trying to hedge, I don't think that you're really going to get too much of a better number on Jokic than minus 140 um, unless Oklahoma City is able to make a run to the one seed. And in which case, I think I would rather bet Oklahoma City as the one seed as opposed to Shea, MVP. Um, I think you're getting better value and you're getting more outs. Uh, obviously, it's possible Shea could, you know, maybe the Thunder don't come in first and they and then Shea also wins MVP. Uh, so it's not like a true hedge, but I do think that it still gives you the possibility of potentially winning both bets. But I think that you are getting better odds on what would be needed to get him there. Uh, so I, I think... That's how I would kind of tackle that award. Now, looking at player props, I think that now is probably one of the hardest times to bet on props. Um, I think that there is so much information. I think the lines are a lot sharper. Uh, you have a full season, basically, worth of data of what to go off of. Um, and there's a lot of teams right now with... 25, 26, 27 games left in the season that because of the play-in tournament are not dead yet. Uh, they're kind of involved. Like the Utah Jazz, the Houston Rockets, uh, 11 and 12th in the West, a couple games out of the play-in. In the East, I think it's particularly interesting because the Raptors probably still trying. Uh, they are five games out of the play-in. Brooklyn presents an interesting situation with the firing of Jacques Vaughn. Uh, so new head coach, um, they're in the 11th seed. They don't own their own picks. I think that they're going to be trying moving forward to, you know, they're going to be pressing. There's no reason for them to falter, to tank. It doesn't benefit them in any way. So I think the Eastern Conference, especially at the bottom, could stay competitive between the Nets, the Hawks, the Bulls, um, in particular at that bottom part of the bracket. Uh, additionally, you have players and teams jockeying for position. And with that comes different like circumstances, right? So Philly, I think they just are trying to get into the playoffs right now, uh, figure out what the Embiid injury is, try to survive. Miami is one of those interesting teams where I don't know how much they care about the regular season. And honestly, if they are in the play-in tournament, I still don't think they care. They have the best coach in the NBA in Spolstra, and they have a guy like Jimmy Butler who 
can be the best player in a playoff series in pretty much any playoff series that he's in. And even if he's not necessarily the most talented, you know that he's going to be giving 150%. So I don't think that they're super concerned if they have to sit and play in a play in tournament game uh, to get into the playoffs and, you know, wind up resting guys a little bit more than normal down the stretch and just trying to treat it basically as saying like, look, like we just need to be healthy. Uh, let's just get there. Um, so there's always like the motivation aspect. That's a little bit, wonky additionally then you have some teams who are going to be playing you know either their reserves because they're trying to rest some of their guys on the back stretch of the season or you're going to have teams like playing their younger guys because they need to get some reps uh, they need to get those guys out there and figure out like do we have something here is there something that we can do like do we need to resign this guy like what are we what are we trying to do next year like or is this somebody that you know maybe we can build their value up and we can trade them in the offseason to get the pieces that we want and that kind of brings us to where we can find our edge. Um, we can find our edge in not necessarily the veterans uh, all the time, but we can find our edge in these teams, like these gross games where we're looking for players in expanded roles. We're looking for teams that have said like, you know what, let's pack it in after the all-star break. We're done. We just want to make sure that we get out of the regular season. Uh, we'll get our draft pick, but like, look, we're going to let these young kids play and see what we have here. So maybe we know how to draft better next year. So one player in particular that I'm looking at for a player like that is I'm looking at Denny Avdia. Uh, Denny has been incredible uh, I, over the past couple of games. He's really just smashed on his props. He scored, uh, it looks, I think it was 20 plus in four straight games. Uh, and this is obviously a tougher matchup against the Denver Nuggets. Um, He's Denver's defense is still not like elite. Um, they're just a better team. Obviously, there's some blowout potential. My thing with blowout potential, and you're the Washington Wizards, I don't know like how much it matters. Uh, and also because they're taking they've taken the ball out of like Jordan Poole's hands as much, Kyle Kuzma's hands as much, and you're giving the ball to a younger guy like Denny, who you're saying like, let's see what we got here. We, you know, he was he was a relatively highly drafted player. Let's see what the talent level is here. Um, I like Denny in this matchup. Uh, he's his points line is at 15 and a half. Uh, it, what's interesting though is so you can get 15 and a half at minus 102 at FanDuel. Um, you can get. 15 plus at minus 125 if that's something you're interested in i think the 15 and a half at minus 102 is fine uh i i don't know if i really am super interested in paying 20 cents of juice basically for uh for one point when we look at him his projections uh props.cash has the projections at 21.1 points so that's a 5.6 like point edge um and additionally like when we're just looking at what he's done i don't I'm not really lo looking at him in a, as a player that I'm like, oh, like he's going to go over by like two. I think that he could go over by five, six, seven. Like I think I could see him scoring in the mid or low 20s. So I'm comfortable in this circumstance paying a little, like getting a little bit of less juice and taking a little bit of a quote unquote riskier line. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that like the implied odds are so different. And I think that that's always something important to consider. So if you think, that a player is going to go like way over a line, 
I, I don't, I'm not like super interested in paying the juice on the base rung just to ensure that like I hit one. Um, I'd rather just say like, all right, well, like I'm just going to play the higher, like a slightly higher line with less juice because I do have exposure upwards after that anyway. Uh, so I'd rather play like for a guy like Denny in this spot, I'd rather play the 15 and a half at minus 102 as opposed to like a 14 and a half or, you know, a, uh, 15 plus at minus 125. So the that's not like something, and that's not something that you really see or you really see like explained. I think very well on um on social media because a lot of people obviously like you guys know like I love to I love to rip the bangs and like be like we victory lap it like whatever. Uh, but look at a minus 102, there's an implied odds of 50.5 percent at minus 125. Um, the implied odds are 55.56%. In other words, you need to hit that same play 5% more often to turn a profit. Um, when I'm looking at this, based on the way that I am capping the game, what Denny's done in his expanded role, I don't think that that margin is worth the jump in implied odds. I would, I don't think that like the one point from 14 and a half to 15 and a half is worth it. And I think that that's always something that's super important to consider when you're betting on these plays. And I know like there are some people out there that basically only want to bet plus money plays. I did. I don't, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that in the, this particular instance, the Delta between the minus one Oh two at my, at 15 and a half is not the same or is not as is not worth it. Uh, between the 14 and a half and the minus 125 uh, in terms of like what my payout is, especially as a flat better. Um, I don't think it's worth it. I think it, you're much better off paying the minus 102 as opposed to the minus 125. Um, that is different than other circumstances. I think that there are some times where it's worth paying like heavy juice on a prop. Uh, and some of those instances, a lot of times are turnover props, um, and like in baseball, when we bet pitching outs, uh, and not to go into obviously like pitchers and catchers reporting soon, we'll talk some MLB later, but not to get like super into it. But like for me, when I look at some of those pitcher outs, it's like I like to bet under 18 and a half outs, and you'll get those at like minus 180, minus 190, some of them are even like minus 210. They're still worth it be just because that, like in that particular spot, that out is so significant because it's going from six full innings to your pitching successfully in the seventh inning. That's the difference. So there are circumstances where paying that heavy juice makes sense in this spot. It's different. I don't think that there is like a significant difference. There's not a significant threshold between 14 and a half and 15 and a half on a prop that I really like. And I think that he could score 20 plus. So that's my pontificating on Denny Avdia. Uh, with that, though, some of the other spots, I see Corey just, you know, making his notes here. <laughs> um, but I will, I do want to talk a little bit about the slate. The New York Knicks take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Shout out, Vinny. I hope you guys lose. Philly is the worst, the worst. Um, with that, we got to look at some of these injury report things because the we'll get the injury reports. They'll probably come out. Uh, we'll probably see some more updated ones 
tonight maybe uh but you'll you'll really need to wait and see what we're getting on thursday for this so we're a little ahead of time uh the one thing with the knicks is we are still about a week away i would say from og ananobi um mitchell robinson uh, looks like he hasn't started running yet, but is still like progressing pretty well. Uh, Bogdanovich participated in Tuesday's practice. He's expected to play. DiVincenzo on track to play. Uh, Randall hasn't been cleared to practice yet, but is is progressing. Hartenstein is participating in practice, still progressing. So those are all a couple spots to look for. We're going to be betting on Josh Hart over seven and a half rebounds. Josh Hart has been one of my favorite guys. He's been dynamic. He's been awesome. Uh, he has been an incredible rebounder. Had a really poor performance against the Orlando Magic. Only had three rebounds. Prior to that, though, he had been crushing. He had had uh, double-digit, really double, what is this? Yeah, double-digit rebounds in eight straight games, nine-plus uh, in 10 straight. And when we look at this, too, uh, he's just he just has been tremendous without basically without Julius Randle. Um, I in this spot I do like paying a little bit more juice. Um, I do like getting this at seven and a half at minus one forty at DraftKings as opposed to the eight and a half at plus one hundred four on FanDuel. I think that when you're dealing with lower margin props, where the ceiling I think is a little bit lower. Um, I do prefer to grab some of these juicier numbers here. So I'm, I'm comfortable laying the minus 140. Uh, so far this season, without Randall, he is over the 7.5 line in 8 of 9 games. He's averaging 9.9 .9 rebounds per game. I really don't hate a, like a sprinkle on double-double, something like that. Uh, I am falling off a little bit of the triple-double stuff um, in regards to Josh Hart with... Bogdanovich there with Burks there. You just have a couple more bodies there that can actually facilitate the basketball. Um, but the rebounding still a very, very solid look. Um, in this same game, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Jalen Brunson obviously play like very well and s continue to play big minutes. Um, Brunson has been incredible. Uh, 29 and a half point prop. He has hit he didn't hit that too often against Philly on January 5th he had 29 and then on February 10th of last year he had 30. Um the big thing here though is without without Randall he's been a clear number one option. The problem it for me is even with Randall out he's hit this in five of eight games this season. Uh, it's the 29 and a half points. It's very high, It's a pretty high line, honestly. Uh, but now we have a, we have a, like an integrated Burks. We might be seeing Isaiah Hartenstein back. Uh, we have an integrated Boyan uh, Bogdanovich, Bojan Bogdanovich. Uh, this is a spot where I think Philly's going to pick up the pace. So I think maybe this is a good opportunity for Brunson. Just 29 and a half points feels heavy in this particular matchup uh, where I think that teams are going to really be coming out with renewed defensive effort. It's a game that's pretty important standing-wise for both Philly and New York, uh, and I could see Philadelphia trying to break out a couple different things against him in this particular spot. Uh, it's definitely, I think it could definitely be problematic for New York. 
One other spot that I wanted to talk about is Buddy Heald's assist line is at four and a half right now at plus 124 at FanDuel. With his time on the Philadelphia 76ers, he has smacked this. Um, Double-double last game with 10 assists. Uh, He's been really, really good as a secondary or tertiary facilitator, and he's also been excellent with from beyond the arc uh taking a ton of threes really being like a nice outlet for tyrese maxi and i think that this is a it's a tougher matchup from like an assist perspective for him but at the same time i think that maybe you could craft a parlay where you did like three threes and three assists or something like that and you could find that to be pretty successful um against the new york knicks team that does give up a good uh, like a pretty good percentage of three pointers on a game and a nightly basis uh so that's my thoughts on the knicks versus phillies or versus philadelphia go knicks i hope you lose Vinny. i hope you hear this um another spot that i think is interesting is the orlando magic against the cleveland cavaliers the magic are plus seven and a half road dogs in this spot Cleveland's been tremendous. Orlando's kind of fallen off a little bit lately, but one player that has been incredible is Paolo Bancaro. Paolo is, was on like a crazy assist run. Um, he had had over five and a half assists in 11 straight games, missed that in the last game. He finished with five, but it's another spot against Cleveland where he's going to be asked to do a lot. Uh, the interior defense of the Cleveland Cavaliers is intense it's uh it's pretty significant they have so many options that they can throw at him i think that it might become a game where he has to kick out he has to try to get other guys going because it's going to be a harder matchup for him that's definitely a spot that i would look for or take a lean at i think that could definitely be an angle um the Nets versus the Raptors is an interesting one. I think that Mikel Bridges under uh, points under is definitely a decent angle here. Um, when we look at Bridges over the course of the season, um, he's been pretty bad on this number. The number it opened at, there were some books that opened at 25 and a half. It's been down all the way to 23 and a half. Um, he's only hit this in 31% of games at the 23 and a half. He's averaging 21.7 points per game. It's been a bit better over the last... 15 games, hitting this in 40%, averaging 22.3. But it's still just not like a great spot against the Toronto lineup that does have a pretty good amount of wings uh, and a pretty good amount of wing defense. So I don't, I would be looking to fade him. The one thing that is going to be interesting is with the new coach, what are the rotations like? What are we going to see? I would definitely be looking at um, maybe some Dennis Schroeder, uh, rebounds plus assists. I don't know when we're going to get that line. I don't know when exactly he's going to be started. Like if he's going to be starting, if he's going to be coming off the bench. I think that that's definitely a question. Uh, I I do think though that Nicholas Claxton over nine and a half rebounds could be a look. He's played pretty well against Toronto. Um, Toronto has definitely struggled a bit against some bigs. Uh, I think that you could either take the 12 and a half points, the nine and a half, uh, the nine and a half rebounds, or you could even go, I don't mind a PR in the spot at 22 and a half, a number that he's hit in five consecutive games against the Toronto Raptors. So that's definitely, I think that's definitely a look for us in this game, even though the minutes and the role is a little uncertain with a new coach. So that's that's my one hesitation here. Um, the next game that we have on the slate is the 
Detroit Pistons versus the Indiana Pacers. The one play that I like from this game is Jaden Ivey over 16.5 or 20.5 points plus assists. Uh, when I was looking at this game, I really do prefer the points in this spot. Uh, I, I do understand that there is obviously some significant upside for Ivy to 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 dish. Um, but what I liked here with what I liked here in this particular matchup was the at the 16 and a half number when he's played 20 minutes or more, we have like a pretty the numbers jump significantly. Uh so when he's played 20 minutes this season uh, uh at the 16 and a half line, he's still he's hit that in his last over the last like 30 games or last 15 games. Uh, he's hit this in 11 of 15 games. So I do like the spot at 16 and a half. This is obviously a up, uh, a pace up spot against the Indiana Pacers. It's a great opportunity for him. Uh, I really like this spot uh, for Jaden Ivey in this particular matchup. I think if you wanted to pivot off of him, if you felt like you wanted to take a little bit more of a ball dominant guard, I think you could go with Cade Cunningham here. Uh, it should set up to be a good matchup for him uh, as a point guard. It's a spot that Indiana has really struggled defending over the course of really the entire season with that type of like Matador style defense that they run. But at the same time, I think that I'd rather take the two guard here um, and take a little bit more of Jaden Ivey in this particular spot. So I like Jaden Ivey in this matchup. When we're scrolling down these games, there's a lot of like really interesting games or tough games. Um, I do think that when we look at what like these teams' motivations are or you know how to kind of cap some of these games, it becomes like fascinating. So when we're looking at even this game, next game coming up, the Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks, this is a game where both of these teams are obviously highly motivated to play well against each other. Uh, Phoenix is in fifth in the West at 33 and 22. The Mavericks are 32 and 23 at seventh in the West. Um, it's a critically important game for not only seeding, but for head to head, for tiebreakers, et cetera. Um, Phoenix should have Bradley Beal back for this matchup. When they've had Bradley Beal, the offense has just been an absolute fucking wagon. Uh, and that's so important. Right. Like you, and the biggest thing is that they've been staggering. So there's not too many minutes when they've all been healthy where one of them or two of them are not on the floor. Uh, you might not see super consistent minutes with all three, but you do see the coaching making an effort to not have any of them or to have none of them on the court at any given point in time. That type of offensive firepower, I think, is so important here. And Dallas, surprisingly, when we look at what Dallas has been able to do over the course of the whole season, uh, Dallas has not been as good as you would expect. So Dallas is in 13th in adjusted net rating. They're plus 1.2. Phoenix is in 10th in adjusted net rating, plus 2.1. The biggest thing for Dallas, though, is their defense is in 21st. Uh, they're at 117.3. Phoenix is no good either. They're about middle of the pack. They're in 15th. But when you can put up that type of offensive firepower when Phoenix is healthy, that can actually match what Dallas does over the course of the whole season where they're sixth in adjusted offense at 118.5. Um, and that's because Phoenix has had so many guys in and out of the rotation. Uh, one look that I'm borrowing from our good friend Steve Keach, uh, he was looking at Eric Gordon under 11.5 points. I wanted to see if this opened anywhere else besides FanDuel at the time. 
we'll take a look real quick. I think it's I think it's just eleven and a half across. No, it's still only at FanDuel. Um, the biggest thing here is that when Bradley Beal has played, those numbers really like fall off a cliff for him. Uh, he's had some spikes, obviously, like in a couple different games, but when he's played with Booker. Beal and Durant, uh, the numbers really kind of fall off a cliff. Over the course of the whole season, he's only averaging 10.1 points per game. He's gone under this line at 11 and a half in 41% or 60, no, 59% of games. He's gone under. He's gone over in 41%. Uh, so this matchup in particular, Dallas still play Dallas is playing a bit faster this year, which is uh, definitely an interesting point. But Phoenix, I think, plays a bit slower when they have all their guys. Uh, they, they can fall into that half court offensive set. Um, they play they have the 22nd longest or eighth longest offensive length of possession on a given basis. And the difference is both of these teams, Phoenix and Dallas, they're faster on the back end. They're faster on defense. They give up faster shots, but both of their offenses take a little bit more time to kind of ramp up. So I do think that on the full game, I think I would probably lean, I might lean an under. I think the line is going to be, is a little bit high. Uh, but overall, I like what Phoenix can do. Um, and I'd be looking still though at an Eric Gordon type of under in this matchup. Uh, looking at the Rockets and the Pelicans, Pelicans have just been a force, an absolute force this season. And I think I'd be take, I'm going to be looking to take them in the first half. Uh, coming out of a break, the team should really be pretty rested. Um, I think that they'll be like locked in, ready to go for the rest of the season against the Rocket squad that I, has had some difficulties uh, kind of defending defending uh defending the pelicans um so when we look at the history of in these spots like the one player that i'm looking at is i want to bet on zion williamson um zion always is kind of missing some time so we'll have to see like what the report looks like for him uh he's not on any injury reports right now um when we look at this when we look at this game his points prop is set at 23 and a half. It's a number he's only hit in 48% of games this season, but he has smoked this uh, against Houston. He's got 28, 24, and 26. Um, so he's always kind of like in this area, but the matchup against Sangoon is one that I think is pretty valuable. Uh, I would actually consider a points plus rebounds look. He's hit that. It's a 29 and a half um, right now in the market. The reason I say that is in the last two games against Houston, he's had eight rebounds. Um, the game prior, he had four. So I think that there, his line being set at five and a half gives us a little bit of flexibility, and I think it gives us a little bit of upside for what Zion can do on the court against this Houston Rockets defense. So I, I definitely am looking at a Zion prop from this Houston New Orleans game. One of the most interesting games on the slate and one of the games with like the biggest implications is the Clippers versus the Thunder. Um, I think this is a very, very difficult game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they're two and a half point home favorites to the Los Angeles Clippers who are relatively healthy right now. Um, I like James Harden to go over 12 and a half rebounds plus assists. I think it's a pretty good look, um, especially because... Oklahoma City has pretty strong point of attack defense uh, that I think could deal with Harden from a scoring perspective, but it should also help open up his facilitating to his teammates. The reason I say that I think this is a really tough matchup for Oklahoma City is I am wondering now, when we're looking at the standings, we're looking at uh, 
you know, how these teams have performed against each other so far this season. Um, and when we look at the matchups, the Clippers and the Thunder have played before they're split. Um, they have, they played two games. Uh, the Clippers have won one and they've lost one. Um, when we look at the rest of the schedule, the Clippers and the Thunder, they play today or on Thursday rather. Um, and that is, I believe their only remaining matchup against the Oklahoma city thunder. So this matchup is critically important for playoff seeding. Um, I think it's a game where Los Angeles might actually take this a little bit more seriously. You have Ty Lue, who's had the opportunity to really game plan for this, test some things out. I think that this game matters. Uh, I think that Los Angeles would prefer maybe to have the two seed or the three seed, or at least give themselves the ability to kind of make that decision, right? When we look at the West, given the fact that the Clippers are tied with Oklahoma City in the loss column, they're one win behind them. If if the Clippers are able to win this game, you have the tiebreaker. Uh, you have then a loss on top of them. So that's really like a, that really functions as like a two game advantage because the Clippers would be 37 and 17, Thunder would be 37 and 18. So it's one loss plus the tiebreaker super significant in this spot, um, especially given where they are in the standings and how hard it is to catch up in these particular, uh, in these, you know, in this part of the bracket, like I mentioned before. What I think Los Angeles can do that's really disruptive for Toronto, or not Toronto, for Oklahoma City, rather, is they have so many strong wings and like point of attack guys uh, and such a good defensive scheme I think that you can throw multiple guys at Shea and make his life hell. Um, and the reason I say that, though, is when we look at what Shea has done um, this season, he has he's been good. He's had he had one game of thirty one points, eight eight rebounds, and four assists. That was a I believe that was an Oklahoma City win. They, they won 134 to 115. In the loss, though, on January 16th, uh, he had 34 minutes, 19 points, two rebounds, four assists. He was six of 16 from the field. And the biggest thing, though, is he picked up four fouls, got in foul trouble. Los Angeles really attacked him defensively. And when we look at what what like he kind of had to do, he took way fewer shots. They basically were able to force him to pass the ball to his teammates uh, and have them try to try to take and make shots. Lou Dort, eight, 10 shots. Chet, 10 shots. Jalen Williams, 14 shots. Uh, Chet with only 16. When you compare that to what he did on the December game, you'll notice that there was like a stark difference, right? In that game, he had... What is this? He had 25 field goal attempts. The next closest was 12 on the team. Uh, the demand for what he could do was so much different in the first game versus the second game. And I think that what Los Angeles is able to do is they're able to throw a couple more doubles. They're able to throw a couple more traps because the rest of the defense is so sound. Um, and when you have a defense that's sound in terms of like, it's not that their defensive rating is that it's so good, but they're so well coached. 
uh, in terms of what they can do and what they can bring to the table, um, that I think that can kind of disrupt Shea. And it might be something that Ty Lue wants to like sprinkle out there and say, like, let's throw some doubles. Let's throw some traps. Let's see what happens here. Um, let's throw Kawhi on him. Like, let's let's see, just in case we go to a playoff series, we get a little bit of film on it, um, and maybe we can see what works or what doesn't work. So if I had to even bet a Shea prop, I would probably be looking at an under here. Uh, his his p- points line is at 30 and a half. Uh, I probably would be more interested in a points plus rebounds. Um, you can get that at 35 and a half or even a PRA is pretty high at 42 and a half. Um, it's a number he's hit well this season, 58%, uh, but he's not done so well against Los Angeles over the past two years, uh, only averaging 38 PRA uh, and going over this line in two of six games. Looking at a couple more games, I like Boston. I'm not going to go too far into it. I do like Boston against Chicago. Um, I think that the three-point variant should really help them there. I probably am going to lay the seven uh, or the seven and a half with them. Looking at the Wizards and the Nuggets, Jokic should crush should absolutely crush in this game. Uh, Marvin Bagley is basically like the sole line of defense for uh, for Washington. Don't don't love the spot for Washington. Uh, it's not great. Um, I'm definitely concerned about a blowout, but Jokic scored, I think it was 42 points last game against Washington uh, in a pretty commanding, convincing win. Um, I'm not super interested in playing it, but I do think that I would be looking at maybe like a Jokic triple-double uh, where you know he can score his 10 points, get his 10 boards, 10 assists in a game where the Wizards' defense has been... I think they've been more competitive, like I mentioned before when I was talking about the Denny prop, but I still think it's a rough, relatively rough spot overall. Um, I don't have anything in Hornets Jazz right now. If I do, it'll be loaded in the Action app. I'm looking at the Spurs plus 12 against the Sacramento Kings. In large part, the reason I like this is that um, I think that the Kings have dramatically outperformed expectation on the season. Um, I don't think that they are as good as their record. They've won far more games than they've been projected to. Um, And what I mean by that is when you look at like some of the data that cleaning the glass has, for example, um, you can see how a team has done and how they're continuing to do. And basically if they're outperforming what their situation is. So Sacramento has a minus 0.5 net rating. They've won 4.8 games more than expected with an offensive and defensive rating that they have. Um, And they've still somehow been one of the teams that's worst against the spread at minus 2.2 on average on a per game basis. So I'm looking to fade them. I think that, uh, Wemby has kind of been unleashed. He's got a full weekend to recover, even after you know the skills challenge, stuff like that, some of the rising stars things. Um, this is a really good matchup for him. I like him to really smash in this spot. Uh, I'd be looking at 23 and a half points. I think that that's a viable play here against Monte Sabonis. In the one head-to-head matchup they had earlier, he scored 27 points in uh what was this about 30 minutes he played so it was one of the higher minute games that he's played so i'm curious to see if the training wheels are off but that is definitely a spot that i'd be looking at um 
I would also be looking at steals plus blocks is maybe an angle at three and a half, but even turnovers, I think is definitely a viable option. Uh, he's really been going over that much more lately. So set at three and a half Kings played a relatively fast pace. It should be a good opportunity. Um, the biggest game on the board, at least from some of our futures perspectives is the Lakers versus the Warriors. Uh, the, Lakers have indicated that LeBron James may not play. Um, as a result of that, it's kind of made a lot of these props like very difficult to to play right now. Um, Kaminga is definitely a look in terms of his points. Um, I would be you have to obviously look at Anthony Davis to a degree, especially if LeBron James doesn't play. Uh, when LeBron has not played. AD is just smashing this 25 and a half points prop. He's hit it in five of six games this season. And over the last two years, he's hit it in 69% of games. Nice 18 of 26. So definitely looking there. And even when you look at the rebounding, the 13 and a half, I think is high. Uh, but even then, uh, he's been a menace without LeBron over the course of the last two seasons. So um, those are definitely a couple looks for that game. Um, but that's that's the breakdown of the Thursday NBA slate. You guys are going to have plenty of opportunity to listen to this, share it, like whatever. Um, I'm sure I'll be adding some more plays as we get closer. But did want to check back in with producer Corey to see how you were doing. Oh, the Devils are getting their asses kicked by Washington, but it's okay. Saturday was fun. Hey, at least uh, at least we have the memories. We'll always have Saturday. We'll always have uh, Saturday. Again, just pie in Philly's face is always good for me. Um, I'm good, Joe. How are you? Hanging in, hanging in. My voice is a little, uh, I'm a little tired, honestly, right now. I've recorded a lot of podcasts over the past couple of days. It's yeah. been my voice been too busy. is just returning. <laughs> Would you, um, from what? From harassing from anybody wearing a Phillies jersey? Yeah, that checks yeah. out. That makes that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, what do you um, got? So what, Rex. What do you, mm. What do you got for the people today for Pods and Rex? fuck have I done? Oh, I finished a book that was really good. It was called Among the Thugs by Bill Buford. Okay. It's about a journalist who embeds himself with a firm, or a couple of firms actually, in what seems like the 80s in England. So he kind of gets in with the hooligans and uh, tries to figure out what the fuck is, what is this all about, this violence? And uh, about the addicting nature of violence because it's uh, it's enthralling. Huh, not bad. So definitely check it out. I um, I do have some movie or some show recommendations actually for once. Um, I watched the Good, traveler. I have comments ready. Go ahead. I watched the traveler. Don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, for one. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, would recommend. It was uh, pretty interesting. It was an interesting show. The guy. Uh, it's only six episodes, which is nice, and you get a culmination at the end of it. Um, Huge fan of limited series. I love them. Love them. Uh, the gist of it is that at the beginning of the like, you see it like immediately. Uh, but there's a guy, and he just he like doesn't have his memory, um, and it's about oh nice, yeah. So um, you that's not really that's not a spoiler. Uh, you'll you will find that out 
pretty much from the preview. Um, so like, <laughs> you will know he knows nothing. You will know he knows nothing. Um, so watch that. Uh, I love Next Level Chef. It's one of, I, I I love that show. Uh, it's a Gordon Ramsay show. It's a cooking show. I've been watching a lot of shows. Like I'm like I don't know what to do with my hands uh, without basketball on. So it's been it's been quite the it's been quite the ride of like what I'm watching. Do you watch um, any of the All Star Weekend? I watched most of it and I bet on a lot of it and it was like really aggressive. Watched some really funny highlights from the dunk contest or whatever the fuck they want to call that now. Dude, the the floor is hilarious that they were doing. Like it was the best <laughs> was the that? best event. The best event was the Steph versus Sabrina three point contest. That was easily the, that was, it's that not was even a best question. That was the best event. They need to do that every day next year. <laughs> like just do I it again. Best of three or something. Like, yeah. The the yeah. funniest part the funniest part about it was it was just like there was just like a no win scenario for Sabrina almost. It was like if she won, then it was be like, yeah. oh well, like she used WNBA balls. Like if she if she didn't yeah. win, like if she lost and it's like, oh well, she should have shot from the WNBA line. Like it was just it, it was it's tough optics like for her. It's not tough optics, but it's hard. I think it's I understand why it's hard. Um but I thought it was a really it's good still event. easier to watch than half the other events. Yeah, there's definitely some there's definitely some chemistry there. Um and what else? Oh, oh, I do have I have a food recommendation. So I got a grill. Of course, we're getting there. Did I, I knew it. Did I talk about the grill? I don't remember. You haven't yet. I got, Congrats. I got Congrats so I got a grill. grill. Congrats on the grill, homeowner things. Um it is still there was there's literal snow on the ground and I'm grilling. Um which is you know, I rec- so I recommend grilling even in the winter. Um but I've been grilling. I, like I, number one, I love chicken thighs. Uh, grilled chicken thighs, I think, are some of the best things out there. What I've been doing is dark when I go to work, guy. dark meat chicken. Uh, when I go to work, I take the. I get like I, mean, I have some. I got like one of the basins that you can like cut up the peppers and onions and grill them so they get cooked on the grill, or whatever. Um, get that little char. So I been, I take that. I take a chicken thigh, bring it to work in my little like Tupperware. Um, and I, I've been buying Portuguese rolls and freezing them. And Ooh, you see, dog. Yeah. So I take, of course the, I do. So I get the, I bring the Portuguese roll to work. Uh, by the time it's time to eat lunch, the, the roll is thawed. Um, it's a nice, it's still, it's like a fresh Portuguese roll. It's not like it got hard from sitting out like for a couple of days or like a week or something like that. And, um, I'm able to just slice that up. I can heat up the chicken and the peppers and the onions like in the microwave. And then I'm able to throw that bitch right on the sandwich. It's great. Mm. Uh, it's, it's honestly just like a, it's a pretty good move. Like, so I don't know what this is exactly recommending. I think it's thawing bread on your way to work. Um, <laughs> freezing <laughs> bread and then thawing it, I freezing guess. bread and then thawing it. Uh, and I think that that's and like top notch bread, like a Portuguese roll. Yeah. So I think that's that's really like kind of what I'm getting at. So in order to like yeah, freeze fine breads and then eat them at work. Yes. And it's all about getting this bread. Um, and one of the best ways to get bread and stay hot, like let's get let's get out of that cold streak. Let's get out of the frozen mud. Let's get out of the frozen tundra and let's fire up props.cash because if you've got a, if you fire up props.cash like you're going to see these red charts these green charts you're going to get nice and cozy inside you're going to be sitting in the lab you're going to be 
like just racking up what you can do here. So you can get this again for 25% off with your code with my code Delara25. And at this point in the season too, we've got a lot of data on whether when how players perform with players, without players, and that's super important as players are coming back from injury or going out with injury or you know having different like season-ending injuries or coming back from, you know, the like whether they got traded or whatever the circumstances are. These are all tools that you can get on props.cash for 25% off your first month with code Delara25. And it's going to give you the ability to get that frozen bread, get this bread, defrost it, throw a dark meat chicken thigh on it, because there are only dark meat chicken thighs, little peppers and onions, maybe a little sriracha mayo, because we love that shit. And you're going to be able to afford all of it because you're going to continue to cash that.